0: Warning, this show may be unsuitable for young fillies, colts, and foals due to strong language prevalent in literally every episode, and some mild sexual innuendo. We will also touch on themes of racial relations, political climate, and other sensitive subjects, but we will let you know when those things come up. Pony, welcome to Equestria Gaze, a My Little Pony rewatch podcast. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Equestria Gaze. I'm Anya, my pronouns are they, them, and you can find me on Twitter at aka Anya. I'm joined by my partner in life, love, and singing songs about our pets, August. Hi,
1: I'm August. I just waved at the microphone for no good goddamn reason, and I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on the internet at well well hang on <laughs> <laughs> hang on hang on hang on i fucked it up i fucked no, it up nope it's perfect <laughs> well yeah <laughs> you can't find me on the internet i'm a cryptid that's amber's job yes no you can find me
0: on twitter at herpy so each week, we're going to saddle in to re-watch an episode of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, to break apart what exactly the show is trying to say. The good, the bad, and the downright problematic. We figure it's 2020 and everything is happening so much, so why not watch some cartoons? Personally, I would not seen My Little Pony until this year, uh, and so this was just an experience
1: oh you're done
0: (laughs) i say it different every time i'm sorry i feel weird repeating it verbatim every time i
1: don't because i crafted all of those puns and i'm going to use them gosh darn it
0: that's fair you put a lot more work at least pun wise into yours than i did for mine and i feel okay winging it (laughs) that's fair
1: I got into Friendship is Magic when it first came out, I witnessed the genesis of the Brony fandom, and eventually fell off the cart around Season 4. Which is to say, this ain't my first rodeo. Anyway, this week we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 7, Dragon Shy. We begin with Fluttershy trying to feed her woodland friends, but Angel is being difficult. Rather than eat, he brings her attention to a giant cloud of black smoke headed right for Ponyville. She tries to warn everyone about it, but no one will listen to her. Instead, it's Twilight who announces that Ponyville is in danger. Celestia has warned her about a snoring dragon in the mountains causing the smoke, and tells the main six to convince the dragon to sleep elsewhere, or Equestria will be covered in smoke for 100 years. There's a montage where the ponies get ready, though Fluttershy continually express how she does not want to go. The others convince her to come anyway, and there are a number of trials as the main six ascend the mountain. Fluttershy continues to wear out everyone's patience, as she struggles with her fear of almost everything! Finally, outside the cave, Fluttershy admits she's scared of dragons, and the rest of the ponies decide to try their own approaches to getting the dragon to leave. These all end in failure, and the dragon finally gets upset enough to attack. This causes Fluttershy to snap, and she shames the dragon for his behavior. The dragon agrees to leave, and the town is saved. Yay! Yay! So, Anya,
0: what do you think this episode's message to Philly's Colton Foles is? I think it's that bravery can be hard to find, but sometimes you just gotta yell at a dragon. <laughs> And also speak up and don't be shy to express your comfort level, which I imagine is a topic we are going to hit on a lot in this episode. What? No.
1: (laughs) And my takeaway uh, for the young audience is that sometimes you have to face your fears for the greater good slash to help your friends.
0: (laughs) And in that note, we begin immediately with the notes that we both made (laughs) Like, friendship is magic, but fuck Angel Bunny.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, our first note of the bridled meeting section of our episode, we both wrote simultaneously that we fucking hate Angel still because he's a menace, he abuses Fluttershy and it's just, uh, Fluttershy, call the whole rabbit disposal unit. You don't need him in
0: your life. Jesus Christ. We will continue to hate this rabbit. Please never expect this to change. Yeah. And then my next
1: note is about the way that Rainbow Dash and Pinkie Pie just kind of ignore Fluttershy. It's just very frustrating. And it's one of those things where I guess I understand why they did it for the sake of the plot, but at the same time, it's just like, the showrunners are unintentionally painting these ponies as just being shitty friends yeah like this entire episode in some ways just kind of makes everybody seem like a shitty friend to fluttershy
0: yeah it's another great example of like <laughs> you're do you really have to make it this hard for me to like the protagonists <laughs> And I feel like Twilight can be lumped in there with Rainbow Dash and Pinkie, too. Yeah, especially
1: with some later stuff. It's just that Rainbow Dash and Pinkie Pie were the ones in that particular opening sequence explicitly ignoring her.
0: Yep, we'll get into that a lot. Mm -hmm. And
1: the next thing that I wrote is, so just send the pollution elsewhere. Right. Right like that works like that's not a solution to the problem like shunting it off onto some other geographic location which as we went over last episode what even is equestrian geography anyway but you know shunting it off to some other location that that How is that going to work? Because, like, the smoke is still going to happen. Weather patterns still exist. Like, it could still be blown around. Like
0: Yeah, and I'm actually going to move one of my points up here because I specifically wanted to point out that, like, this isn't the only dragon in the world. So, like, is it only ones that snore that are a problem? Or is, like, is there just somewhere where all the dragons sleep that's, like, environmentally damaged like Mm -hmm. what does that say about the larger narrative that we never deal with again yeah it's
1: it's a lot and i mean like it's kind of unfair to the showrunners i guess because like i don't think there was any sort of like larger overarching not cosmology but that's like the closest word i can think of like there's not some larger overarching story here that they have to worry about being consistent with. Um, yeah, I guess I'd, sorry, go ahead.
0: I'm just going to say that sometimes like the little details, like kids aren't stupid. They're going to pick up on it. Mm-hmm. So like treat kids like they're valuable viewers who are going to like notice continuity errors.
1: Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, like, this... Honestly, though, this episode came out before the other episodes where we discover things about dragons, so, like, you know, I think maybe it's those episodes that we should probably go hard on as far as the inconsistencies are concerned, but, yeah, it it's just... It raises a lot of questions. Yeah. And then I wrote during the packing montage is this the a team i feel like this is the a team
0: i have no idea what that is other than a song about someone being addicted to drugs <laughs> what
1: no the a team is like a classic show from the 80s i think like the mid 80s and it had a uh, a bunch of like guys who had like specialized skills and like they would be hired to solve problems, and, like, that's where Mr. T came from. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he was on the A-team.
0: I pity the fool.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's where he came from. Like, I'm not sure what he did before that, but I'm pretty sure that's what, you know, put him in the, like, public consciousness, because that's what everybody remembers him for.
0: Well, I... Know nothing about media. I'm pretty sure I said this, uh, we'll pretend it was last week, but we all know it was literally 30 minutes ago. (laughs) Yep. Whoops.
1: I mean, I've never heard that song before, so, you know.
0: Oh, you had to have heard it. It was, like, in the mainstream for several years.
1: I'm going to challenge you to find it for me on YouTube after we're done here.
0: Okay, it'll take two seconds.
1: Yeah. Um, and we come back again to the topic of boundaries just because, like, this show really has a problem with it because my next note has to do with, like, Fluttershy consistently says that she doesn't want to go and Twilight keeps pushing her to do it. And it's just, like, a way to respect your friend's boundaries. Like...
0: Yeah. The, The constant, like everyone's mad at Fluttershy for being there, but Fluttershy didn't even want to fucking be there. hmm Like, you can't invite someone somewhere, have them turn it down, and then be mad, like, when you force them to be there and they don't want to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, you know, I've said it before, I will 100% say it again, it's such an important thing to teach young girls that boundaries are to be respected and that they're allowed to set boundaries because when girls aren't taught that their boundaries are valuable and that their boundaries shouldn't be crossed, that enables abuse.
0: Yeah, it's definitely another situation of, like, the answer isn't, like, respect your friend's boundaries. The answer is go outside your comfort zone. Yeah,
1: And I mean, going outside your comfort zone is an important lesson to learn too, but... But I like being comfortable. The interactions that happen between the other ponies and Fluttershy don't read as supportive friends trying to be like, hey, you know, leaving your comfort zone can be good and you can discover that you know you can do things you didn't think you could do or you can find something to enjoy that you didn't think of before it really just reads as as we're not taking your no for an answer and the way that the show frames it really kind of hammers home that the people who don't take her no for an answer are in the right
0: yeah because in the end like she's the one that solved everything and like there is definitely a narrative to be had about learning things about yourself and learning what motivates you but if she didn't want to be there she didn't have to be there
1: yeah it's it's frustrating to me but um, it was nice to see somebody or okay specifically I wrote it I'm glad some pony mentioned the fact that uh, Fluttershy can fly because it is something that you know comes up a lot and i mean like we do get it fleshed out that fluttershy is not a strong flyer at all Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: she's more comfortable living in the ground not in the ground on the (laughs)
0: ground (laughs) get back in the ground (laughs) yeah at the same time though like compare that to the first episode where She was strong enough of a flyer to rescue Twilight as she was falling, but then in all of the other episodes, she's not a strong flyer at all. And it's not shown as like she just needs motivation, it's shown as she needs like training and practice. Yeah. So, like, that first episode where she rescues Twilight with Rainbow Dash wasn't a fluke, it was a continuity error.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily. Well, okay. Yes, it's a continuity error in that, like, the first thing that gets established gets retconned later. But I feel like it was just one of those things where it's like, it's the pilot episode. You don't have super firm concepts of what to do with these characters. And then later they realized there was this thing that they hit on that could be good to explore. And I do like where the series goes, With the concept that Fluttershy is not a strong flyer.
0: Yeah, it it definitely, like... And we see other um, characters go through this later. It makes it more clear that, like, unicorn magic, flying is something you have to work at. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not just something you can do. Because sometimes Rainbow Dash, it looks like it's just something that, like, oh, Pegasi can fly.
1: Yeah. And, you know... Like, that's something that we'll probably talk about and touch on with Scootaloo later when she gets introduced to. So, you know, that's. I feel like ultimately Fluttershy not flying that often is a good and interesting character point. But also, I do like the fact that somebody points out to Fluttershy, hey, you have wings. Why are you worried about jumping
0: over this gap between ledges? Or like walking up a cliff. You could just flutter above it. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and that someone being Rainbow Dash leads into my next point about how Rainbow Dash, this whole episode, just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because she was very specifically and very suddenly angry at Fluttershy. And I couldn't help but wonder if, like, her hostility is because she's judging Fluttershy as a fellow Pegasus and, like, holding her up to a different standard than the rest of the group. And so she is, like, judging her as, like, not good enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, Rainbow Dash, as we'll find out, does kind of, like, hold other characters to the same standards that she holds herself even when she shouldn't necessarily do that. So, I feel like it is probably her judging Fluttershy because Fluttershy is a Pegasus and she should be able to do these things because Rainbow Dash can do them.
0: Yeah, which I feel also definitely like that element would play into um Rainbow Dash's like unspoken of autism that we talked about that's like she has trouble like understanding that Fluttershy's situation is entirely different yeah but like i don't know it just seems so sudden this episode that rainbow dash was suddenly just like man fuck fluttershy yeah like damn rainbow dash you knew i mean in the like in the episode where they're pranking um, Rainbow Dash does want to prank Fluttershy but then Pinky is like no we can't do that she's too delicate and then they're just like oh yeah you're right yeah and like like she knows these things about Fluttershy it's not like this is the first time she's had to to deal with them
1: yeah and it's just like yeah Rainbow Dash be shitty to the person who doesn't even want to be here yeah like you said earlier you know don't drag somebody out when they said they don't want to go and then be upset when they're not the life of the party
0: yeah but I do think like her inability to like to put herself in someone else's shoes is certainly an interesting element and there's an episode I'm thinking of later where it does get explored better Mm -hmm. but I yeah just I would like to see the same remorse that Rainbow Dash has later in the series now Because it just feels so mean. Like, everyone lay off a Fluttershy.
1: Yeah, it it really does read a lot meaner than I think that the showrunners necessarily intended.
0: Yeah, because it's pretty much any time Fluttershy breathes, Rainbow Dash is shown on screen being pissed about it. Yeah. It ain't great. Yeah, which I feel like is also a shitty thing to do to your character that's coded as autistic and, like yeah she can't put herself in the shoes of others but they handle it like one of the few things they handle well they handle it better later in the series
1: yeah well i think some of that may also stem from i'm not sure that the writers even necessarily knew that they were coding rainbow dash is autistic i'm not convinced that it was something that they did consciously yeah so
0: that is fair
1: Yeah, but you're right. They do start handling it a lot better later.
0: Yeah. It is fun to go back and watch these beginning episodes and see, like, there has been something resembling character development, which is kind of surprising because this show is, is really more of an episode of the week kind of thing. And, like, over time, you know, you just grow to know the characters and their friendships. But there are some character development things that do happen. Yeah, Most of the things aren't. Most of it's just they remain the same. But
1: Yeah, sometimes you get the status quo shaken up. But, yeah, especially early on, it's very, very episodic rather than serial. And I think that just is because it was, you know, the show got a groundswell of support from an older audience than was their target audience. And, like, their target audience like these types of shows get syndicated shown out of order that kind of thing so you know and it was just meant purely to sell toys Mm -hmm. so you know the the concept of character development even being a thing for this is not necessarily the intended purpose
0: yeah that's fair and i don't know that's That's one thing specifically about the cutie mark crusaders that I'm probably going to get annoyed about a lot is like the lack of any kind of growth.
1: I mean, yes and no, because like, you know, the cutie mark crusaders eventually get
0: their cutie marks. So yeah, but not without never learning a single lesson. Remember Trixie just like, I learned nothing. (laughs) That's the cutie mark crusaders, but they're constant characters. Yeah, that's fair. Anyways.
1: Anyways, the next point is something that, again, we wrote basically the same thing, but completely independently. So I think I... You wrote the all caps one. Yeah. So I put, you know, I directly quoted, why didn't you say something? And then in all caps said, you weren't listening when she said she didn't want to go. Yeah.
0: And... Compared to that, mine says, why didn't she say something? Why didn't you listen? Yeah. Like, that's... You can't even pretend to be, like, uh, shocked when Fluttershy's just like, I didn't even want to fucking be here today. It's like, she told you that from the beginning.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, when you started climbing the hill, she was like, well, I'll just go back to town. And even in town, she's like, well, I'm just going to go home.
1: Yeah, it's so frustrating because we're supposed to be sympathizing with these peop- with these ponies and they're just doing some really not great things and it's not even like it's good to present your characters as having flaws but the narrative Doesn't frame it that way. The narrative frames this as a normal way for them to be acting. This isn't them demonstrating flaws to show that they have their failings that they have to work through.
0: Yeah, that's. This has been a rough week for My Little Pony for me, because it's definitely been a lot of like, just ignore what your friends want and force on to them what you want, and that will actually have been the right answer in the end. Mm -hmm. You're a good friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, these characters could be so much more. Yeah. Speaking of being so much more, fucking, like, they almost didn't even need Fluttershy. Like, Rarity was so fucking close, and then she had to ruin it with, like, she was so close to convincing the dragon of what they wanted and like it shows a good use of rarity specific skill set because like i feel like her element of harmony is the one that she like of all the ponies like it gets shown the least with her Mm -hmm. because usually she's i mean she's like sharing she gives spike a gem she does these things but like then she goes and like tries to steal all the fucking treasure from the dragon.
1: Yeah, it's like what the fuck? That's not that's not your element of
0: harmony rarity. <laughs> yes, compassion and and sharing uh equals thief. <laughs> yeah.
1: Although like something that I just thought of while you were talking about that point is It is interesting because with Rarity, we commonly see her having to actively practice her generosity. Like, I think it's in the episode where she gives Spike the gem. There's a point where she, like, actively has to turn that down, you know, and and give it to Spike as opposed to keep it for herself. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: like, you know, that is something interesting. Um, And I don't think that we see the other characters, like, have to actively practice their particular element.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Like, we never really see uh, Applejack training her honesty. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah, I can see that. Um, And she's definitely, like, of the main six. She's the one that, from the beginning, I was sure I would fucking hate. And she's grown on me for sure, but in these first episodes, like her fun little quirks are kind of grating at times.
1: Yeah, but ultimately, I agree. I like where they end up going with Rarity. Um, yeah, she's not my favorite pony, but I do like her a lot.
0: Yeah, and I I like the what you pointed out about like her having to work on her skill when the others just. Like, obviously, Twilight has to work on magic. We see her doing that, but that's different than working on, like, a personality trait.
1: Yeah, like, it would be interesting, and and maybe this happens later, I don't know, but it would be interesting outside of, like, specific things that happen in season. I think it's, like, season opener. No, it's the season finale. It would be interesting to see like applejack be put in a position where her commitment to honesty is tried that kind of thing so
0: yeah but yeah yeah next on our list of ponies
1: yes i am once again obligated to point out all the ways in which pinky manifests as a being of chaos because she is immune
0: to dragon damage. <laughs> it's fine. She wore her special present box armor. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> she's cute. I I also was worried that I would find her annoying, but she's cute. I like her weird little... Once I started thinking about Pinky as a god of chaos, she became a very fascinating character to me.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where she's like the 2000s LOL so random raw XD kind of character.
0: Jesus Christ, please never say that again.
1: <laughs> you know, like RAR no, XD.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> get me out of this house. <laughs>
1: but yeah, she's she's that kind of archetype, which can get very frustrating, but part of it being tolerable to me is like the recontextualizing her as a uh descendant of loki and part of it is like they don't lean too hard on it like she gets some character development too and that keeps her from being just the kind of flat two-dimensional deviant c that she seems to have started out as
0: yeah now i really dig her yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Also speaking as like, I want to come back to Fluttershy's element of harmony. Cause I think that is also another one that's in contention in this episode, but specifically like rainbow dash jumping to violence and then that backfiring. And um, then how Fluttershy once again, like solves a problem without violence. Um, she raises her voice, but like, that's fine. It's not the same as a fist fight.
1: Mm-hmm. And, like,
0: once again, we have another good show of how violence isn't the answer. And specifically in this case, we have a show of how violence actually just made things way worse. Mm-hmm. So, like, I really like all the creative ways that these horses uh, solve the problems. Cause when at the end of the day, they're squishy ponies, they're not kung fu fighting like going to have a brawl in the street, that's not what they are. Yeah. They're they're friendship elements, and to see that then turn into a fistfight wouldn't really work.
1: Yeah, again, it's like, it is interesting to see violence being a tool that they are allowed to use, but it's also good to see that violence is generally not the correct tool, and... Yeah because of also being involved with gay space rocks it's difficult not to draw that kind of comparison uh even though the shows aren't really contemporaries for the most part well no they are yeah. they are never mind
0: i mean i feel like in steven universe they um they definitely go a little bit heavier on it later but they do still have like some creative solutions that aren't just violence but they're all also like sword fights <laughs>
1: Yeah, like Steven Universe is definitely more of like a shonen anime sort of approach because violence is more frequently used. But again, like usually the answer is ultimately Steven showing compassion and reaching out to somebody and realizing that their issues are generally born of some sort of unmet need.
0: Did these shows air around the same time? Um I think cuz uh, that that would be something interesting to see if it was just like um if it was common in cartoons then to have it be instead of violence is the answer like emotional intelligence is the answer.
1: Uh the first episode of Steven Universe was aired on May 21st, 2013. Okay, uh,
0: so pretty close together. Yeah, like
1: ponies were already on tv by the time that steven universe hit the scene but like they're still kind of contemporaries because i remember
0: brian and i looked that up for an episode at one point so when like i don't know the fucking psychologist in me wants to do a study about the evolution of children's tv and like also building on the political climate as how like video games were built up into this thing that causes violence and bad things and so like children's cartoons are now pushing for different solutions that aren't violent so they're not like included in that lump and i don't know it could just it could be a very interesting paper and if anyone out there steals my uh idea i'll come at you
1: yeah i mean i should probably do a little bit more research into like Lauren Faust and like her politics and stuff because I feel like I've got a decent handle on Rebecca Sugars
0: yeah uh, at
1: least during the time that she was running Steven Universe um it would be interesting to compare them so that way you know we can kind of see uh better how the two shows approached
0: those things (laughs) stay tuned for our uh Pony Universe crossover
1: (laughs) yeah Equestria Space Rocks (laughs) <laughs> jesus yeah so i don't know it's still just really interesting i like seeing it i like seeing the show's commitment to that
0: so yeah on the other hand though i wrote that flutter sudden confidence comes out of literally nowhere but i think i also want to touch on the fact that like her element of harmony is supposed to be compassion and that is like, she shows it at the end. She eventually switches from, like, how fucking dare you to, like, like, it's okay, but you need to, like, think about these things next time. But just her sudden, like, her initial reaction was interesting because I would never seen her painted as the kind of character that was like, you touch my friends and you die. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's kind of what it was portrayed as.
1: Yeah like she's the epitome of the whole idea of you don't push the nice ones too far yeah i think it kind of speaks to like a lot of her pent up frustration which is interesting to see but you're right it does it does in some ways kind of come out of nowhere because up until this point she hadn't really been portrayed as a protective sort
0: Yeah, if anything, like, that's something I would expect from one of the other characters, like, Applejack or something would make sense, but I just had never, like, seen any inklings of that piece of her character before. Yeah. And we're about to go into something that's totally not serious. (laughs) Yeah, so, warning for, like
1: childish innuendo but fluttershy saying you're not a bad dragon my immediate reaction was yeah there are plenty of other companies out there nowadays um if you're under the age of 18 do not under any circumstances try to google what that means
0: okay so um here's my bad dragon story um (laughs) this is fun and you can decide if it stays in or not um okay but so there was a time in my life when I was perpetually single. And at one point, Brian thought it would be funny to like cruise the Craigslist personals as like, and it wasn't like a a serious thing. It was definitely a, a joking kind of situation where like, don't meet anyone on Craigslist. That's not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would like look at the Craigslist ads, see like, oh, who's looking for someone? And there was a guy who had a soaker tub. And what had to be like $800, if not like $1,000 worth of Bad Dragon products just circling the tub. There was just tons of them. It, I don't even, I feel like $1,000 may be lowballing how much money was in this picture.
1: That's almost certainly at least four digits of product.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, there were just so many encircling this soaker tub. It's like, I mean, I guess thanks for being up front, Craigslist person, with a soaker tub and more Bad Dragon products than I would ever expect anyone to own. Mm-hmm. So, that's my Bad Dragon story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So...
1: The last point I had kind of encapsulates the other half of my frustration with this episode, which is, Dear Princess Celestia, it's okay to ignore your friend's boundaries and also just send your environmental problems overseas. Yeah! The environment isn't some economic externality. Like, one way or another, you're going to have to reckon with the fact that environmental damage is happening, and you can't just push it off somewhere else because it's eventually going to come back to bite you. And just telling children that they can just send their problems somewhere else, and because it's somewhere else, they don't have to worry about
0: it in the long run, isn't really a good thing. Something, something, floating plastic island, something, something. Exactly. And the first part of your uh, letter there, this is an interesting case of ignoring boundaries, because it's not just framed as like the character who had their boundaries ignored was like, like they came out better in the end. But it's also phrased as the characters who were ignoring the boundaries are now admitting like this was the right thing to do. Mm hmm. All in all, a bad takeaway from this one.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'm never going to stop harping on the boundaries thing, especially because it's like, sometimes I still have trouble with boundaries, and it's also something that is so inextricably tied with the ease of somebody falling victim to abuse, and it's just, I'm never going to stop talking about that, so... Yeah, it's just, it's so frustrating. And it's frustrating because, like, climate change was a thing back in 2010. Like, oh boy, what's that? You know, this isn't something that is just a 2020 thing. So, like, major weather impact due to things that are going on that are caused by sentient creatures is a thing that is worth addressing. And that just ain't it that ain't it chief
0: yeah this one definitely had a it's one of those like read the room moments <laughs> like yeah. no the the environmental implications of the things that you're setting up here uh, are too soon <laughs> yeah all that said i think we both picked pretty pretty light main events this week
1: yeah, we definitely did. Just because it's like there there are some really cute things in this episode.
0: Yeah, I feel like these last two episodes specifically have been a lot of the bad. Um, so I've been going a little bit more light in my main events. Um, yeah, because when your when your big takeaway is that like you're ignoring your friend's boundaries. I I don't feel like I can find anything else that's quite topping that. So instead <laughs> yeah. of trying to top it, I'm just going to point out a cute thing I liked.
1: <laughs> yeah. So how about you share your main event?
0: Yeah. Um, building off of my continued realization that I secretly love Pinkie Pie as a character, um, the way she walks in flippers is gold. Her legs become little noodles and it's very cute and she should only ever wear flippers ever.
1: Fair my main event for this episode uh is the sound cues i specifically like the the joke where fluttershy gets startled and bleats like a goat before she falls over mm-hmm. um going back to that like fainting goat meme from back when this was popular and uh like at one point the dragon like is knocking the ponies around and there's like a bowling pin crash as they all get knocked down. And uh, just the sound design in this episode's really good. Um,
0: yeah. So we're going to end like usual with a horse fact. And this is a random piece of horse trivia that we found online. Uh, and we make no claims as to whether or not it is true, but we're assuming that it is. The internet doesn't lie, probably. It does. Um, This week's horse fact is, Hippophagy is the practice of eating horse meat. You're welcome. Hmm. If you have any fun horse facts you want to include on this show, send them to us on Twitter at EquestriaGaze, and we'll give you a shout out. Until next time, stay cool, everypony, and remember, Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights, and... Wear your fucking mask. Yep. (laughs) I'm I'm stopping this recording. Me too. I'm turning this car around. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Tell your friends about us or tweet about us using the Equestria Gaze hashtag. We're also a member of Standing Stones Productions, a nonprofit podcasting guild. Some of our other shows include Follow the Leader and The Room Where It Happened, two TTRPG actual play shows, and The Escafil Files, a podcast where two of our friends read and talk about the Animorph series. You can find out more about all of our projects at stones on Twitter. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Anyway, your support means a lot. Thanks again for listening.